Welcome to Todd Talks, where I help you design your best life. Not the life I designed for you, but the life that you desire. With me today is Stephen Rudolph, podcast host of Feed Your Tigers. And his journey and his life story is very interesting. He's been on a 20-year-plus journey of change, growth, personal development that's taken him to India, Vietnam, and into Cambodia. Um, so he, today we'll talk a little bit about that journey of personal discovery and uh, how it can help you design the life that you desire. So if you don't mind, Stephen, just tell them a little bit about yourself and what brought you to where you're at. Sure. Happily, Todd. So my original plan, if I had to start the story someplace, would be when I was, uh, just after I graduated from college, I moved to New York City to find my fame and fortune as a rock star. And I found out very quickly that aspiring rock stars don't make any money. So I had to get a, a J-O-B. And I got a job as a teacher, not because I necessarily wanted to be a teacher, but I was walking down the street and I saw a sign that said wanted English teachers. And I thought, okay, I know English. How hard could that be? And I got, got the job. And in the first class that I was teaching, I had this epiphany. It was like, you know, the, the clouds sort of part and the, the light shines from behind. And I heard this voice from the sky, like, you're not a rock star, you're a teacher. And <laughs> it, okay, I'm dramatizing it, but it, it wasn't far, <laughs> far off from that. Um, I really did feel this moment, this epiphany that, oh my goodness, like, this is what I was meant to do. And I went through so many years of education. Like, why didn't I, why didn't anybody tell me that? Like, how come I didn't know that about myself? Like, I thought I was going in one direction and suddenly I realized that, no, this is your calling. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And so for me, it came, it came accidentally, like I bumped into it and I find myself really lucky. But what I found over the years was, was that other people are not so lucky. Not everybody necessarily gets that voice that calls them. And so sometimes people back themselves or paint themselves into corners for a good portion of their life. You know, it could be like halfway through or even more. And suddenly they realize, you know, hey, I, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And like, how do I get, get out of this? And so that's what I set out to do was really to find out like why I am suited for education and why other people are suited for other types of things. And how could we be better designers of our lives intentionally? It's Because there are far too many people who are unhappy with what it is that they do on a day-to-day -day basis. So why can't we be intentional about that? And so that's what I set off to, to India, yes, to Japan, to Cambodia, where I am now, to find out what the East has had to say about that, because there's a much longer history of these topics that are encoded in the you know, Sanskrit texts and stuff like that. So I, I discovered quite a lot. Okay. So I like the, I like that because it goes along with the whole purpose of this podcast, designing the life that you desire, because I, I also have found that so many people are the extras in the movie of their life. They're not the main mm. character. They, they, react to things rather than plan things. They react or end up at the end of their life going, how did I get here? Right. And rather than getting to the end of their life and looking back and say, and saying, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I got here by this, 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 all these decisions. 
and it's a life that they designed. Yeah. And so I love that intention. So as let's delve a little bit more into the intention. You said that you went in, you went to, to the East, what the, the East has been able to teach about this subject. Yes. What, what is one of the main points that you learned from your 20 plus years of study um, about our intentions and why it is so important that we set an intention for our life? So I would say one of the, the key concepts that I discovered, this is like central, especially in India, to the entire Indian philosophy, is that everybody has a unique nature which in Sanskrit is called prakriti or swabhav. That means you have a number of different um, abilities or talents and your unique combination, I call them tigers, right? You have different kinds of abilities and some are bigger and some are smaller. Like some people have a big entertaining tiger. They love to attract attention and to amuse people. Some people have a big healing tiger. They love to find the imbalance in other people and help them to become balanced or to remove pain. There's an administrative tiger, people who love to get work done and accomplished. Like those are the ones who have the, the, you know, the to-do lists and task lists and know how to delegate really well. And so like this, I've identified about 19 of these tigers, but you could just think about them as things that you do well naturally. Just think about them that way. We don't have to get into all the technical terms. And so the concept is something like this, that everybody has their unique nature, which is a combination of these qualities. And when you're situated in that, when you're amongst your tigers and you know how to feed all of them with the right amount of activities, then you are what's called swasta. So swasta is a word, swa means self, sta means situated. So it means to be situated in yourself. You're situated in yourself. And the amazing thing is that this word swasta literally means healthy. Okay. That was a mind blower for me. So health actually means when I am situated in myself and I know what it is that I have to do. The intention comes from who I am rather than trying to be something that I'm not. That's a big deal. And when I'm coming from the point of who I am, I'm in flow. My blood is flowing. My All my circuits are firing. My brain is releasing all these great neurochemicals. I don't have a feeling like I need to be drinking coffee or eating chocolate or you know, dosing or drinking something or shopping or surfing YouTube or something like that. I'm totally in alignment with who I am. And so that's the main concept that I found. It's not body mass index. That's not health. It's not your cholesterol levels. So the big concept that I got is that everybody has a unique nature. And when you find it and when you align it with what you do, that's like the pinnacle of life. That's when everything will will work. And you don't have to go out there to find it. You have to go inside to find that. Great point, because so many people think that they have to go out there, go explore, go find themselves out in the wilds of wherever. Yeah, of India. You don't have to go. I found out you don't have to go to India. <laughs> so <laughs> I tell I tell a lot of people I went there, so you don't have to go there. Um, awesome. You're just chasing your own tail. Like, you know, wherever you go, there you are. You can't I, get away from who you are. You can't get away from yourself. I remember a good talk I I read by Matthew McConaughey that he did go 
you know, out in the wilds of, of South America in the Amazon and found himself wandering and on a trail out exploring, just divesting himself of all the fame, the celebrity, all the accoutrements that come with that. Just he got down to his raw self, which you don't need to do. You don't need to go down to South America in order to do this. But in doing so, he found himself. He, he was able to finally get rid of all the outside influences of life. And that, that's really what the point that he was making boils down to. You don't have to go any place to do this. You can do it at home. But you have to get away from the the static. You have to get away yeah. from the the noise that yeah. that accompanies life and look inside. And that's yeah. when that's when you can really find your swasta, yeah. as he said, where you can find your health. You can find your inner peace because really, when you're accepting of yourself and who you are, and you know who you are. Yes. That's when you're you can really grow in this world. Absolutely. I mean to be fair, um sometimes it can be beneficial to go to some far off place because you need to get out of your environment and you need to shake certain things you need to to get into a space where where you can be by yourself or with yourself and say okay, you know, I'm I'm apart from those things. Of course, not always required, but um as I think as you rightly say, the the real key is to discover that is to find find that part of of who you are and then it begins from there that's where the and if you take a look at like the hero's journey um you know joseph campbell has has brought us this brilliant concept the 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 hero's journey it starts when that calling comes and it hits people at different points in their in their lives and they've got to go through some kind of journey and some kind of um, trials and tribulations, and ultimately they come back around. You know, that's the when you complete the hero's journey, you come back around to yourself, and you've gone through some internal transformation. And so, I think part of that design process, it's necessary to you know, bef- there's that creative destructive process in order for me to be able to create the self that I want to be, I I have to sort of destroy. What am I destroying? I'm destroying the false beliefs about myself. I'm destroying the, perhaps the, the ego-driven um, desires or aspirations that might have been, um, you know, somehow I, I've become influenced by my parents, by society, by the things that I see in the movies, by, you know, something or another. When I'm able to dissolve those and to, make that interconnection, then I'm finally at that point to be able to, that's when, that's when it becomes, I like your point that you said at the beginning, you said an extra in the movie of your own life, or even worse, you become a tragic figure <laughs> in, in, you know, the, the film of your own life, but that you actually get to become the hero and to be able to, to craft how you would like to show up in the world, not how you would like to necessarily be or what you want to become, but more how you would, the, the world you would like to be in being yourself. That to me is, is really a design process, stripping away a lot of these layers and then finding the spaces where, um, where you can adapt yourself to. So, so that's the, 
That's to me, and that's an ongoing process. So in other words, it's not like I get to a certain point and I say, okay, this is who I am. And I insert myself into a scene in life and I go on just continuing, um, you know, and they live happily, they lived happily ever after <laughs> because it doesn't happen like that. Even though, um, even though the hero, or, you know, even though a person who realizes these things, um, comes to that level of awareness, they keep facing new challenges. You know, you keep facing new obstacles, your life changes, your body's getting older, uh, new people come into your world, uh, s- some kind of political turmoil happens in your country, or there's a recession, or somebody dies, or so there, or uh, you, you lose your job. There are constantly things that are changing, but when you are situated in yourself, you have less energy to expend to adapt your true self to the new norm. That's that's what the um, that's what the the dance or the drama becomes about. It becomes about adaptation into each of these new scenarios, as opposed to I need to find out who I am and I've got to figure out that thing and <laughs> blah blah blah. Exactly, and uh, interestingly enough, you know when when you are in the midst of it or you know you see the movies and they they live happily ever after that's actually the beginning of the story that's that that's where that's where life truly begins because up until that point it's figuring out who you are then once you've figured out who you are now you can continue to grow and adapt to all the different Things that are going to hit you in life because life likes to throw punches. Life doesn't like to make it easy. And life is so much easier for you when you know who you are. Life and you accept who you are. I think a lot of people have troubles. They have troubles figuring out what they want to do in life or they have troubles getting through trials and tribulations and persecutions and problems and setbacks, um, COVID, government shutdowns, um, losing your job, starting a new job, getting married, getting divorced, all right. the different things that happen and that can happen in life. People have a hard time getting through them when they're not certain of who they are because then they're they're just trying to make up something else and adapt from a place of unknowing whereas when you are adapting to new circumstances from a place of being centered mm-hmm. then the adaptation is not near as difficult because you're coming from a place of knowing Preci- precisely um, the 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 first type or the first aspect that you describe um, is is usually much more entertaining. Like that's why that's the stuff that's made of movies because you watch people go through all these peaks and valleys and there's so much excitement and there's so much drama. Right? We want to watch things because <laughs> the, the drama reminds us of of ourselves in a way. And and the one of the things that we see, there's a lot of pain that comes along with that. I forgot who said it, but there's a wonderful uh, equation that that says something like a pain equals, um, uh, wait, 
it's, I think, suffering equals pain times resistance, if I remember correctly, right? And so, so when, when you cross that threshold, then what happens is that you drop the resistance, and so it takes away much of the of the suffering. You're still going to go through and face some pain, but then you bear it, and like you know how to navigate it. So so you minimize it. You know, it's like um, I have my daughter who's two years old. So if she gets the the smallest bump or bruise, you know, she wails and she cries, et cetera. As we get older, we sort of understand the you know, okay, I just let that go. You 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 sort of fell down and you're you're okay. It, you know, her ego gets hurt, and you know, she's wailing half the time because <laughs> she feels she's she too. Feels, yeah, because she's two, right? And and so I think that that there's something to be said for that. Yeah, you know, once you've crossed into that into that domain that's that's what begins to happen like you still have trials and tribulations and there still is pain it's just that you know how to navigate it better so so suffering is less uh so it'll still be there even a bit um but it's it's usually it's and what i've seen you know what i understand from the hero's journey is that you know at the end you make this return to um you make this return to everyday life again it's it's not necessary that life has to be that dramatic. The hero comes back to farm or to be a doctor or to um and and on the outside things probably look very normal and but on the inside there's a connectedness. There's a being in flow. There's that um which it's not e- as easy to see externally, but but those are those are the qualities that come. But again, this is a process, and for me, the the process is is an exciting one to go through various phases and to be part of that design, to be part of that design process to to make this a practice and part of life, as opposed to allowing things to happen to me. And as I see with many people, they allow life to happen to them. And then when things don't go their way, they turn it around and they blame. They blame their parents for not, you know, giving them the opportunities, or they blame a spouse for not, you know, supporting them, or they blame their kids for giving them problems, or they blame their boss for. So when I turn it around and I accept that that this is my life, I own it, I'm responsible, and I'm responsible for making this understanding and awareness occur within me um that that becomes really interesting interesting and exciting when i can make that happen and then of course meeting up with people who are have gone down the path and who have things to share whether it's tools or methods or i'm constantly learning i'm constantly aligning myself with and interacting with people who have had amazing uh, realizations in their lives and try, and that's you know one of the things that that I did of course starting with my my India trip um, meeting with with such people and whether it's through books or whether it's through um, you know people that you actually meet on a day to day basis that's that's what for me makes life rich meaningful and exciting to constantly um, stir the pot and see what more I can develop and evolve. I wanna I wanna jump a little bit more on this taking ownership and taking responsibility for for your life and your actions because this reminds me of a story um one of my funnest things my last job uh in the military was as a flight instructor for new students and so we would start them from 
basic, zero, you know, no flight time, except maybe a little bit of time in a Cessna to prove that they were able to, to go through the program. And then we would, they would go through their simulators. They would go through their ground school. They would go through all this stuff and they'd hit the flight line and we'd take them up on their first flight. We called it their dollar ride. And on their dollar ride, that was when you saw the realization hit. The realization that this wasn't a book exercise anymore. Right. This Real wasn't thing. this wasn't just something that they could let happen to them. Mm-hmm. They had to take ownership and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there were sometime during that ride, I would give them control mm-hmm. for a for a little bit and ask them to do things. Mm-hmm. And they had to realize that within just a few rides, they were going to be taking that high performance, fully aerobatic airplane up by themselves Mm -hmm. within about 10 to 20 hours of flight time. Mm -hmm. And you would see that realization hit within the first ride to the second or third ride. And when it hit, their focus got a lot stronger their their desire increased to do well because they realized that they want to be able to solo they want that to have that responsibility and now let's take that with with life on the ground you know because not Mm -hmm. everybody gets to go and flip planes around through the sky which was a lot of fun, Mm. but not everyone can do that. But in just everyday life, Mm. when you, when you start something new and you take ownership of it, there's a light bulb moment always where you realize that, no, you either you're going to take ownership and be responsible for the actions of your life, Mm. or you're going to be a martyr for the, for however long it takes Mm. And some people never get out of that martyr, that mm-hmm. martyr phase mm-hmm. where everything happens to them the, and they blame everyone and everything yeah. because they never learn to take ownership. Yeah. And that's, so, yeah, that's so true. How do you teach? How do you help somebody that's stuck in martyr phase to recognize that they need to take ownership of their life? Well, my belief is when when people look when people come to me, usually if they're coming to me personally, and then I I work with practitioners and with guidance professionals who work with other people. Many of the tools that I, I make are used by others, um, but usually when somebody comes to um, me or to one of the practitioners that um, that uh, use our methods, they come with some sort of issue. You know, they mm-hmm. come with some kind of a problem. They've hit some bottom of some sorts, right? Like they they've reached a certain age, and it could be like midlife crisis, or they're out of a job, or their life balance is completely out of whack, and so they know that they need something. And so most people that I mean, that's the first place that it starts is that you you, you need to hit some kind of wall. You need to hit some kind of bottom. I believe before you will be ready, ready to take up 
um, this step of ownership. You can't tell somebody that. You can't show somebody that. The person has to be ready for that. I mean, until and unless the person is like somehow enlightened or they, you know, they're, they, they just, they might have some, whether you say like, it's okay, some, some prior understanding or something like that. But the majority of people I see have to go through some, some hitting some bottom. And, and I agree with they you. need to ask and look, look for that. I agree with you because I've been there myself where it wasn't until I hit some sort of bottom that I turned turned around. Um, everybody that I work with and, and know, you have, in, in order to desire the change, you have to actually have that, that desire. You have, something has to trigger it in you. Absolutely. Because I- otherwise you'll continue in that, that, blame game of blaming everybody else for what's going on in your life. Yeah. And quite often it's something like a health issue or burnout or something like that. Like I've seen a number of people, people who've risen to really high levels of, you know, being like a top, um, uh, you know, manager in a multinational company. Um, and they're, they have the paycheck, they have all the status, and it's not enough. And they're not seeing their family enough and they're stressed out. And, and usually it winds up, it could wind up with some sort of health problem, like two people that come to mind immediately, um, people who are in super high positions, um, well-known companies, names that you know, and just wound up, uh, both of them in the hospital, um, separate people. Uh, one had cancer, the other just complete burnout. And both of them went on to different jobs afterwards that were totally unrelated to what they were doing, but they realized that that's actually what they wanted to do. Both took like massive pay cuts, um, and um, but they wouldn't trade it for the world because they realized that, uh, and talking about tigers, right? those jobs weren't feeding their tigers. Mm-hmm. They were feeding their bank accounts. They had plenty of, um, you know, they had multiple houses, they had all of those trappings, but they were still empty inside. And no matter how much more they worked, it just didn't bring any more, any more happiness. And so I see that quite a bit that, um, yeah, people need to hit some sort of, it hits more people, you know, some people harder than, than others, but yeah, that's, well, that's definitely- and- Success doesn't necessarily mean money. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we equate success with having a high bank account, having having a high paying job, right. whereas true success, or I believe that it doesn't really matter how how much money you make if you're satisfied and your quality of life is where you mm-hmm. want it. Quality yeah. of life is so much more important than than money. And and yet so often we chase the money in order to have a future quality of life and we skip living in the present. Yeah. And when we skip living in the present, that's when we start that negative roller coaster that it can end up leaving you in the hospital. Um so now what you talk about the tigers and equate the tigers with abilities and mm-hmm. talents and, and gifts. Mm-hmm. What is your preferred tiger to feed? Like me personally? Uh-huh. 
So I, I talk about big tigers and small tigers. We have all of them and um, the bigger ones need to eat more. So for me, the ones that need to eat more are my educative tiger, my entertaining tiger. So I need to teach. I need to do things that will entertain others. If I bring those two things together, then well and good. My creative tiger, I need to come up with stuff. I have innovate, innovate, entrepreneurial. So I love to do things that are, I create products or I create training programs. My intrapersonal, so that's um, self-reflection and thinking about life and whatnot. So if I put those together, and so this is one of the techniques that I use, which is take the big tigers and team them up. So for me, it's like educative, entertaining, creative, intrapersonal, that's a like, deep level thinking thing about life mm -hmm. and whatnot, and um, entrepreneurial. So when I put those together, so you can understand why I create tools that help people understand themselves and training programs, and I lead training programs that do that. So when I do anything in that sphere, which connects to those tigers, then I can pretty much do that all day, every day, and I feel joyous in what it is that I do. But it starts to go south when I don't feed those tigers. And I have a, a mantra. I say that if you don't feed your tigers, um, they eat you. So feed your tigers before they eat you. And eat you means essentially that it eats away at you from inside because you have this nagging desire that I want to do something creative or I want to like teach somebody something or I want to um, do something with my business. If I wind up getting too much into, like my administrative tiger is not nearly as strong. It's not nearly as big. Um, nor is my logical. So anything that has to do with like numbers, accounting, finance, papers, organizing, <laughs> that's like, I just want to run in the other direction. And, and so if I have to do too much of that for too long, then my other tigers start to eat me from inside. And so then that comes out sideways. So I have to find a way to balance that. And what I also do is I find ways to delegate that. And I have other people on my team whose tigers are big in administrative and logical and protective. So they love doing that kind of stuff and they take it off my plate. And so then I can do more of the stuff that my bigger tigers love to do, but those are there. And the only other one I, I didn't mention, which is a big one, which needs to be fed regularly is my musical. So I still, even though I never became a professional musician, every day I do something musical. I was going to ask if you still perform yeah. or play. For my daughter, I have a ukulele. And so every day we sing either Wheels on the Bus or, you know, <laughs> you name any one of the, the childhood songs. We So we're, we're always singing the alphabet song or happy birthday song or even if it's not a birthday. Um, and um, yeah, and I compose. I, I write some music, like background music while I work. So I have some music that that like I write it and then I'll listen to it while I'm working. So I love my tracks. Um, and you know, that's the interesting thing about tigers is tigers don't care if they are making money. That's something else. Your tigers care that they're engaged. So right. if you've got a, like a really big musical tiger, it doesn't care that you're performing and you're making money doing musical performance. It only cares that you're playing music because the tiger's happy while it's doing. Pick another one. Like, let's just say a healing tiger. So if somebody's got this natural tendency to detect other people's pain or imbalance and to help them out of it. So when you encounter somebody who looks to be, could be a friend or family member, or colleague, or even be a stranger, you encounter them, 
somebody who's got a big tiger here is going to go up to them. They're going to zoom in and say, hey, you, something looks like it's not right. They'll know what questions to ask. They might be able to give them a touch like a massage or some words of comfort or some remedy or something like that. And while they're in that process, they're so absorbed and so engaged. And the payoff is when the person says, oh my God, the pain is gone, or I feel balanced and thank you so much. The money is is something completely separate from that. And so that's also something that I want to get people to, to recognize, which is that your tigers only want to eat. And part of that, what we were talking about before, about being swasta, about being aligned, like another way to define what is swasta <laughs> is I know how to feed all of my tigers the right amount. Whether I'm feeding them for my work or a part-time job or even a hobby. And I have a nice analogy that I use with this. I call it the menu of life. So think about it this way, that when you go to a restaurant, let's just say like, you know, generically or ideally, you go to a restaurant and then you might have an appetizer, a main course, and then dessert, right? right. So you would get most of your nutrition from the main course, you'd probably get some nutrition and some fun from the appetizer. And then you'd get from the dessert, you wouldn't expect to get nutrition out of that, but you're going to have a whole heck of a lot of fun eating that dessert. So in the same way, if you think about nutrition as money, um, okay, when you do some sort of activity that makes the most of your money, that's like your main job. That's like, so if you feed your tigers there, if you have big tigers there, that's really awesome. And you could do a gig. And so a gig would be like an appetizer. So you might get some money doing that. You can align some tigers there. But if there are still some unfed tigers, they don't have to earn. You can you can stick them in the dessert. You can do some sort of you know hobby or some sort of leisure activity as long as they get fed. So the most important thing about finding, like we have a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. This would be a balanced diet of activity, which means that all of your tigers get fed an appropriate amount, whether they're making money or not is irrespective. It's irrespective of that. So that's just like a way I like to get people to think about ensuring that all their tigers get fed. You don't have to do it all in your job. You don't have to balance life. You, yeah, that, you, that's what it is. Because most most people that that feel off, they're out of balance in one way or another. Maybe they're spend. Maybe they've become a workaholic and they spend too much time yeah. on their job and not enough time on their family. Maybe they're too much. They spend too much time on their family, not enough time on their job, and they wonder why their income is not where they want it to be. Maybe they spend so much time on playing video games that they neglect both their job and their family. And, Absolutely. and so they wonder that's eating, why, that's eating too much dessert. Yeah. And so, so finding it's not that there's a balance per se in life, you know, cause you always have to give more attention to the tiger that needs it the most. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and so it's not necessarily a complete balance that, you know, I spend 50% of my time here, 50% of my time there. No, it's a, what is the area that needs your attention right now? Yes. And feed that area. So like, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur, like, like me, even though I'm active duty military, I'm also trying to be an entrepreneur and run a podcast, a coaching business, etc. So is my time balance going to be off with my personal leisure time? Yes, because the tiger that needs to be fed right now 
is growth in the areas of learning, um, on new systems that I'm working with, yes, learning how to market, learning. And so a lot of time is spent doing things like this, doing interviews with, with good mm-hmm. guests that, that bring new ideas. And so am I going to have a balanced family life at the moment? No, because I'm, I'm seeking entrepreneurship. And so with that, it requires certain levels of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but going into it, I acknowledge and I know that my leisure time is going to be less because I have my day job and I have my evening job that mm-hmm. I'm doing in order to get to a goal that I chose, a goal that I set. Yes. And because I know that I can be present with what I'm doing at each different section of my day so that when I'm at work for the for the military I'm at work for the military when I'm doing this my podcast I'm doing my podcast when I'm doing my coaching I'm present with my coaching and when I'm with my family with my wife I'm fully present with my wife I am not spending time thinking about work doing work etc because that's yeah, my yeah. wife's time and I yeah, think, yeah. I think learning to be present in whatever it is that you're doing is probably the key of this, this whole discussion is learning to feed the right tiger. Absolutely. And what an individual is ultimately seeking is homeostasis. Mm-hmm. We're constantly seeking, um, in, we're constantly seeking states of internal balance. And these tigers are at any given point in time getting more hungry or getting overfed. And so if if I wind up overdo like for example, I wind up doing too I wind up doing a lot of work, a lot of educating, a lot of like you know business stuff and my even my big tiger is getting overfed. Well, then I know that I have to like give it a break and spend some time with my wife. We might watch some Netflix series or, or, you know, spend some time with my daughter. But then also what starts to happen is at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? We just binge watched like, you know, four episodes in a row. And this is too much now. Like I've, I'm out of homeostasis. So like Mm -hmm. I can start to feel, I start to feel not good about things. And then what winds up happening is, you know, I get sluggish, I get lethargic. If I do too much of that, you know, you know how it is with some of these series, like you could watch like, you know, 50 to 80 episodes if it's like really awesome. And and you start to get sluggish, you start to get tired, you start to not do your work, you start to feel bad about yourself, you start to overeat. And, and so um, understanding when you're getting away from that, from that balance is critical because the word disease, the word disease, like when you look at it from the traditional Indian perspective, you have something which is prakriti that I said before, that's your nature, that's your balance, that's your swasta. There's also something called vikriti. So vikriti means the amount you are deviated away from your natural self. 
So the, the, um, the how far devi- how far away you are from that homeostasis. So we're always looking for homeostasis, and it's going it's not it's going to be a moving target. That's the crazy thing. And so just like you're rightly saying, the art of all of this is how to like I'm moving and I'm sort of like you know the I'm I'm trying to catch that that target. Who is it that I need to feed right now? I start to feed that one. Suddenly I say, okay, there's another one that needs to be fed. It's that one over there. So it's almost like those guys or gals on stage when they have those like, you know, plates spinning on the sticks, like you have to keep running and keep spinning. You've got to be feeding all these tigers and constantly moving to ensure that they, that they all get done. Because um, if you only just like focus on one area for two, even if you're present, you know, Todd, like you could be present, but you're present with that one right now and you're neglecting all the other, the other hungry tigers and that could get you into trouble. So I like how you, you mentioned that at the end, it's about being present, but even more, it's about being aware of which tigers need to be fed on a regular ongoing basis and taking action to feed them. Yeah. It's, it's being present, but situationally aware and recognizing that you're responsible for all the areas of your life, not just whatever one you're focusing on at the moment. And um, I think that's a great place to dive into where I know you like to share a website or a book, where can somebody reach and learn more about these tigers and about what you do? Sure. So made it easy. It's feedyourtigers.com. So that's the website where you can go to find out what the 19 tigers are and there are descriptions of them there. Uh, My podcast is there. So there are some episodes you can listen to about that. And um, there are other tools that are there. Like on the site, we have uh, something called the MN test. So there's an assessment that you can take to find out which are your natural abilities. And we've got practitioners all over the world who can they help people to not just identify what the tigers are, but to go to the next step, which is to help them figure out how to get them to feed their tigers the best way. And whether that's in their job, like we said before, like, is it, is it a main course? Is it changing jobs or is it just changing your job profile? Maybe you just need, or maybe, you know, taking on a little side gig or adding on one or two hobbies. Like sometimes I see people, you know, they'll make that mistake. They'll throw out the baby with the bathwater. They'll jump from one job to another, and then it winds up being a disaster. So these people will uh, work with uh, you if you're interested to, and they're all independent and they have different, um, you know, expertise. Some work with retirees, some work with students, some work with uh, some are life coaches and, and do life balance. So there's an amazing network of people who are working with us. So feedyourtigers.com, that's where you can connect with them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was great. I had no no idea we would touch these places and touch these points, but um, I really enjoyed it. That's why I love organic discussion. Yeah. Because it flows where, where I believe the universe emphasizes certain points and helps us to find what mm. needs to be brought out, what people, mm. somebody needs to hear what we talked about. And that's why when we just, the organic discussion allows us to just flow with it, mm-hmm. flow with the river of the universe to where it, where we need and what is needed from this discussion. So thank you so yeah, much for being on. Todd, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. This has been Todd Talks. I've had Stephen Rudolph on. You can find him at feedyourtigers.com. 
Todd Talks are available on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Share with a friend, subscribe, and as always, have a blessed day. Mm-hmm.